0: Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, Hebrews 12.1. Kia ora and happy Tuesday. Welcome to another episode of Fill Me In, a Redeemer Church podcast, formerly the 99th most popular podcast among Kiwis on Spotify. A big shalom to the sons and daughters of the King out there. Welcome to episode 12. And we've got Bevan with us today. Bevan, welcome. G'day, g'day. Good to have you with us, man. Would you just be able to introduce yourself to our audience?
1: Yeah, my name's Bevan Hayward, husband of Carlin Hayward and four children, Lennon, Lydian, Gabrielle and Judah. And I'm currently, well, I suppose I'm entering into new membership at Redeemer.
0: Awesome, man. And that's super exciting. Super exciting to see um, the the process there and getting to know you guys a bit. Uh, What do you do with yourself in the rest of the week? So my main source of
1: income work is lawn mowing and gardening, but at the moment I'm in a bit of a transition getting more into playing music with gigs and guitar and teaching and things, so as I get older the body's not what it used to be, mm. so it'll be nice to get into something that's a little less, uh, has an, a little less of an impact on the body. and. Mm. Um, it's something I really enjoy doing too. Totally. I've always wanted to get more into music. so mm. I always thought once the kids got older, <clears throat> um, I could explore that a bit more. So, yeah, that's
0: what I'm doing. Totally, man. That's awesome. And I will resist the urge to spend the entire uh, podcast just talking about musical influences and <laughs> music stuff, because there's a lot, of, a lot of rabbit holes we could jump into <laughs> with that. Uh, we're sitting in a room full of guitars and musical gear, but we'll just we'll try to stay on topic. Um, so, <laughs> obviously, uh, in, in all of this, you are a Christian as well. Um, so could you tell us, at the moment, um, wh- about your Christian life, or wh- what does it mean to you, uh, Bevan, in 2023, uh, to be a Christian?
1: I always... It's just a case of the simplicity of the gospel. So, may it never be a cliche, but I am someone who, in sight of a holy God, am fallen and am sinful, and in light of his perfection, I deserve damnation. But he has offered a way of salvation, which I must cling to in order to be saved from the the. Penalty I would otherwise deserve. Mm. So that's essentially it. Um, I never try and complicate it and bring in any kind of sort of social or whatever other value to it. I always just try to keep it to the simplicity of the gospel and what God has actually done. Mm. Mm.
0: How long have you been a Christian?
1: Oh, good question. I would say from about easter of 1999 hmm. so quick maths what's that <laughs>
0: that's 24, <laughs> almost, years. 24 years 24 years yeah it's about 24 years hmm. awesome man and so could you maybe help us out with i guess the story of how you sort of went into that so let's talk a little bit about your life before you became a Christian. So, you know, could you talk to us about who you were before yeah. Before that? What was your... You know, maybe were there any um, inklings of understanding of this stuff as a kid or were you completely uh, secular? Fill us in on some of that.
1: I would say, <clears throat> for the most part, secular. Mm. Um, my dad did take me to church on oh, maybe half a dozen times. Okay. Uh, because... He's not a Christian himself, but um, his when he was very when he's about fourteen his mother died, quite tragically. And she seems to have had a genuine Christian faith mm. which has influenced my dad. So he has looked into Christianity quite a few times. So he took me out of conviction he took me to church. But I don't really remember um, much of it but for the most part uh, no we weren't a church going family, no religious convictions um, just more or less secular
0: mm. Yeah. When did Christianity first start showing up in your world?
1: When I was about 15 16, okay. a friend of mine I didn't even know at the time but um, his parents were church goers um, and so he started taking me along to a youth group, this was mm. in Christchurch Okay. And, um, so, you know, we're best mates and I was just like, all right, yeah, I'll go along to this. Didn't really know what it was about. knew you know, I was at a church. It was funny though, because I was, I was just in such a sort of neutral position mm-hmm. in life as regards to a lot of this stuff that I didn't really think much of it. Okay. So I was just there and, you know, we played some games and watched friends <laughs>
0: as in the, the sitcom the sitcom okay
1: yeah uh, the small groups involved watching friends
0: right and yeah and I'd love to hear the uh, ministry of philosophy behind that one yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay
1: right uh, yeah and so yeah that, that's what introduced me to it first actually I'm trying to think back if there was anything oh of course there was bible in schools oh yeah but that didn't really have any effect on me yeah it was just like ah oh, cool Okay, what's for afternoon tea? You know? For sure. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, so, okay, so you start going along to this youth group, you're playing a few games, you're watching a little bit of Friends. (laughs) So how did it unfold from there? So then we, uh, they had the
1: Easter camp. Okay. The big Easter camp that they have down there, and I think they have all around the country. The Baptist Church puts on the Easter camps. And um, we went along to that and so, of course, that's a situation where things got a bit more serious than the youth group we are involved with. Um, and that's the first time I really saw um, the kind of passionate worship that we okay. get within you know, the Pentecostal sure. um, churches. Um, yeah, and so we were doing that. I didn't really think much of it i thought oh, okay um whatever and we just hung out at the back right. not really getting involved it was pretty uncomfortable yeah uh but then my mate now this is the weird part because my friend he's incredibly introverted okay. very introverted and he was like oh let's go up and get involved And so I was like, all right, you know, didn't want to be stuck on my own. So I went up with him. And there's people around us with their hands up. And he go, I wasn't sure what he was doing at first, but he was sort of attempting to raise his hands. But instead of putting his hands up, he'd sort of just put his hands on top of his head so they looked like, you know, like a rooster's thing. He wouldn't actually raise them up. They were resting just above his ears with his palms open. Right.
0: (laughs) It's anyway, sees get degrees, hand raised. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I sort of go, oh, okay. Everyone else around is doing it, so I sort of start doing the same, like like this, you know, just a sort of a very timid, praise the Lord sort of position.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, and then another group of friends that we knew through school, they saw us, and they started praying for us. And then from then on, uh, like I've mentioned to you before. I couldn't stand and this wasn't uh I wasn't thrown over backwards it wasn't like that at all it was I couldn't I had to get I was down on my knees Mm. with my head to the ground you know like that prayer um position Mm. and um it was quite ecstatic the you know just the sense of the feeling that came over it and everything. Hmm yeah and so it was a very Pentecostal type experience mm. it was full on actually mm. and then when it finally did finish we, stumbled, we literally stumbled back to our tents and then you know then went to sleep um so it was quite a I wouldn't say confusing but it was quite of a it was an interesting time in the sense that I had no context in which to interpret mm. that
0: like something right. happened
1: what the heck was yeah. that?
0: Do you remember having any like, like what your thought process was as this was happening, as you were down on your knees? Do you remember, I guess, like mentally trying to figure out like what is this?
1: No, um, it was almost like if you were put under some kind of sedation, right? Okay, medical sedation, mm. and like I was still totally conscious, but I. There was something else Yeah. Yeah, taking control sort of thing. Yeah, that's how it was. Yeah, and so I'm not sure if you've got any more questions regarding that. I'll
0: I'll, uh, throw them out if I can. I'm just listening (laughs) to you. Yeah, because I've still got a lot of questions about that. Yeah, sure.
1: Anyway, so that was when I was about 15. And then so the two years after that, um, I didn't become a Christian at that point. Okay. Um, I still carried on with my normal life um i didn't go off the rails at all did typical sort of teenage stuff like you know you know with a bit of alcohol bit much here and there and stuff but Mm -hmm. nothing um nothing off the rails i wasn't that kind of of a kid but then i always knew in the back of my mind what occurred i was just like there's something there's something about this right i never forgot that experience Mm. so then i had a, a another friend um and he was a solid... He was like the the school Christian. He was like the Ned Flanders of the school. Right. And... Um, great guy.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but he was known as being as being the Christian. Yeah. And so I think he was inviting... He told me not long ago what was happening. I couldn't remember that detail of it. But he said he was inviting someone else to the Easter camp. And I came into the conversation and mm-hmm. said, Oh, I'll go. Right. Because I wanted to... I wanted to become a Christian. Right. Over this time, it was just like, Okay... I want to become a Christian Sure. and um, so I ended up going and that's when I did you know the um, the typical sort of you know call to the front yeah dedicate my life to God okay and then uh, from then on so I made the conscious decision to get involved properly with the church yeah for the sake of discipleship to actually figure this out Mm. and and to learn what it is to be a Christian Mm.
0: and so is this the same Easter camp two years later yeah yeah okay
1: it was and then, so that's when I genuinely did become a Christian. And I look back on it and I think, you know, because as you grow in your theology, right, mm-hmm. and, and I've grown in my theology and, and understanding, um, quite a few things have changed in my understanding sure. of God since then, obviously. And then trying to, to figure it out, or am I supposed to try and figure that out? I don't know. Mm. But one of the things that I think of, I'm not sure if you've heard of um,
0: Darren Brown, as in the, the, the illusionist of, yeah. sort of yep. guy. Yep. And
1: he's got a documentary called Miracles for Sale. Miracles for Sale. Right, yes. I've and he goes it. in and talks a lot about the power of suggestion within these group situations and things like that. So I often wonder was that, you know, the power of suggestion in that, things like that? And at the end of the day, though, um, the good thing is, is my faith isn't based on, right. on an experience like that. So someone could come and tell me, hey, this is totally false. What you experienced mm. here is just mumbo-jumbo. Um, and it wouldn't change. wouldn't change a thing as to who I am now. Sure. And why I'm a Christian. But, um, yeah, so I got involved in a church mm. to, to um, seriously work my salvation out. And um, I do remember looking back on it because I think, right, I'm being involved in the kind of churches that I was... The gospel can be clouded or not clearly communicated. Things of a social nature can sort of come in and and take control um, and things like that. Mm. But I do remember because I remember telling my mum that I wanted to be baptised. Okay. And she didn't want me to at first. Mm. Um, And, you know, it's it's quite heartbreaking actually because she said there's nothing wrong with the way you are. You're my son. You know, Mm. I get it. You know, a mother's saying what's... You're my son. I love you just the way you are. Why do you want to be baptized? And I can't remember if I said it or not, but I do remember a clear thought of thinking, no, I'm not. Mm. I'm not fine Mm. the way I am. And having been conscious of the sin issue Mm. that I had before a holy God. Mm. So... Yeah, so so I take comfort in that that even though look there's the stuff going on the sort of Pentecostal stuff that yep. brings up a lot of questions and a lot of issues, that in the midst of that though mm. the, the gospel was definitely clear. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's mm.
0: that's undoubtedly the case. You know, I appreciate the the efforts that I see from I guess certain individuals out there who are trying to bring clarity to some of these issues, and I, I you know appreciate some of the critiques they make. Um, but at the same time, like um, God sees fit to work with all of us where we're at and and there are plenty of yeah, genuine conversions that even happen in these spots that you you take issue with later on, on certain points. that's um, mm. you know the, the body of Christ is very strangely diverse and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of conversations in the age to come yeah you know, like, yeah what was totally. that what was that you know um so many questions going on um, for sure mm. yeah okay so so tell me about what happened from that. so you, you're you're jumping into this church how was your experience as a 17 year old bloke in the church
1: yeah it was, it was a great experience actually um a lot of great friends um you know people you can trust um great personalities very mature people um it was fantastic. It was um it was a bit of a thrill actually, mm. especially in your teenage years when you get involved in something you're passionate about. Yeah. And everything's such a new experience. No matter what you're doing as a teenager, you know you're finding, um, newfound independence. Sure, you get your license. All that everything's such a thrill. Yeah, you know someone shows you a new album. Um, check out this guitarist. You know, it's all fresh and totally. New. So, there we go. Yeah. I mean, some music there. chat there. <laughs> yeah, 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 Yeah. So, that was a small church. It was called Cashman Your Life, just at the bottom of the Port Hills in Christchurch. Okay. And I went to that church because the guy that I was speaking about, uh, the, the solid Christian dude at our school. Yeah. That's the church he went to. Yeah. Okay. So, I thought, righto, you know, I'll keep this easy. Plug and in, and yeah. It, plug into that church. Um yeah no it was, it was a great time good youth group great um you know uh the guy who was running it you know perfect guy for it he really mm. um did great at it but i wasn't there for long because um i'll just call him ian because that's his name shout out to ian if he's li- if he listens Hey, yeah, Ian. <laughs> so he came up to tauranga to study and to study at faith bible college and this was this was just after we graduated So he came up in 2001, I guess, and um, I was working as a pump boy just at a local petrol station in Christchurch, thinking about, okay, what am I going to do? And then I was talking to him on the phone once, and he said, why don't you come to Bible college? I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Because for me, um, it was a great opportunity, because I hadn't grown up Christian, and I see these Christians around me that had grown up Christians, and there was so much they knew, about the bible that right. was totally new to me right you know someone would talk about genesis mm. and i'd think the band right oh why are they talking about genesis yeah, yeah. cool you know <laughs> genesis and stuff like that um and uh, when people would mention um the name of jesus christ in their sermons mm. i would think they're swearing right. you know i'd be like you know, right. something in me would sort of quiver, like, oh, no, you know. Right. Because um, that's just the only context I'd really heard right. and stuff like that. So I was learning a whole lot of new stuff, and I thought, right, going to Bible college will be a great catch-up. Mm. You know, let's just do some immersion stuff. Yeah. And live on site, and just go to classes every day, learning about the Bible, mm. and, and the history of Christianity and things like that. So I did that, and... Um, that would have been mid-2001. Okay. Oh, no, sorry. Mid-2002. Okay. Graduated 2001. So mid-2002. Um, did the mid-year intake. Went there for a year. Uh, then got accepted back on scholarship for the second year. Um, so, yeah, two years studying at Welcome Bay at Bible College.
0: Far out. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's just circle back to that. Thing you're talking about the second time you're at this Easter camp, would you say that was, I guess, the moment of conversion for you? Like a lot of people will talk about a particular moment. Um, so would would you say that was it?
1: Yeah, I would. Not in the sense that, um, like, I was I was seeking that same experience, mm. and it didn't really happen. Mm. Um, right. But that was the moment where there was a change in my life where. I did change direction. Yeah. So some of the the things I was doing that were sin, mm-hmm. I stopped doing. Yeah. And I wanted to be holy. Yeah. In that sense, if you know what I mean.
0: When we yeah. started off this episode, you were, you know, when I asked you what it is to be a Christian, you, you articulated the gospel and, and where you stand uh, before God in light of the good news of Jesus. Do you think around that time you, you understood some of that? Uh, you know the claims of Christ as in you've sinned yeah I've died for sins here's what you need to do like do you do you think around that time you were sort of wrestling with those things um, so this
1: is where yeah this is where I start um, you know in the age to come it will be great to ask these questions sure. if we get answers so it's almost like the nature of salvation so yeah. you know because now that I'm reformed we can see that it's almost before repentance God has already to change yeah someone's heart for sure so maybe I was a Christian before that mm-hmm. you know and that were, for me was just like a stake in the ground moment mm-hmm. saying okay I'm gonna make this now's the time when I do this but it had actually happened before mm. that yeah you know mm. I don't know I do know I have heard of people saying it's it's good to have a, a, a moment in your life when you know you definitely became a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be so dogmatic about it. That was that was when I made the decision. Mm. But you know, maybe I mean, obviously, God was already working in my heart. For sure. I, I, that, that the harder stone had been taken out prior to that. That's why I wanted to go to the Easter camp. Right. So. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah and in terms of understanding the gospel, certainly not in its in the detail that I know it now. Mm. And that's what got me boggled for quite a while is how much of it did I truly understand but I go back to moments like I mentioned you know with my mum and her saying why do you want to be baptized Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with the way you are and realizing no there actually is Mm -hmm. so then you know that's an understanding that you know before before God I Mm -hmm. do fall short sure and I need a way out salvation Mm -hmm. which Jesus Christ provided and of course, you know, through the songs we sung and everything like that, the gospel is clearly articulated, yeah. and I was singing them. So, yeah, it's just, it was a while ago, so it's hard to go back and, sure. you when know, a memory starts failing. What exactly was I thinking at that time? Yeah,
0: about? for sure.
1: I just sort of take comfort as to where I am. Yeah, Now, I might
0: suppose, yeah. Big time. I've mm. heard John Piper articulate it really well in one sermon of his where he talks about if you were to go about answering the question, am I alive you could do it by sh- showing your birth certificate or you could just check if you're breathing
1: right sure. now and yeah, I think that's yeah, good yeah.
0: like you know birth certificate's handy and it, and it has its place if, if you've got one <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, if you yeah, can yeah, find yeah, it yeah. you know um, but sometimes people can't that's right and there are other ways of, of checking that out that are I think more helpful even um, so than that yeah, God brings people along our paths in the Christian life to to build us up, to to teach us. Um, he uses us in the lives of other people too. But could you talk to me about people along the way, in your Christian journey, who have been um, a blessing to you, that that have been influential in your life? God's used them as you've as you've met them. Yeah, well, definitely Ian, yeah. who I mentioned
1: before, significant. Um, he had a significant effect on my life. Mm. Um, so you know, he was the one that led me to Christ you know in the the situation we're just talking about he was someone I could go to and say hey I want to become a Christian and he invited me along to the camp he's the one that suggested I study at Bible college Mm. Um, and him having grown up Christian he was someone I you know I could trust Um, in terms of, look, I've never come across this Mm. stuff before, you know. Yeah. What do you think of this? Yeah. Because he grew up in a Christian family.
0: Right. Yeah, so definitely him. Did he do, like, all the same classes and papers that that you did? did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I started half a year after him. So we
1: were in some of the same classes. Yeah. But, yeah, he was half a year ahead of me, so... um,
0: Did you find that you guys could sort of chew the fat over what you were learning and... Yeah. There, There were some things we certainly did. Mm. but it was funny because even looking back because
1: we're, we're quite we, there are significant differences as, as to what we believe in terms of the practicalities sure. of doctrine yeah orthopraxy cool. they call that but then and some of that was starting to come out then I guess as well yeah we did room together as well cool um, so we talk about a lot of things yeah we're both sort of um, you know young adults as well trying to figure things out in life from a general perspective sure so there's a lot of that that came into it as well being typical sort of best mates we'd clash as well so (laughs) yeah
0: sometimes we'd invite it (laughs) yeah for sure for sure uh with other people along the way in addition to ian
1: yes let me think of course you know just your typical sort of pastors and elders at any church you go along to Mm. um No, to be honest, that's a funny thing. I haven't actually realised that. There hasn't actually been any other single individual. Let me think. No. I've struggled a lot with that, Okay. to be honest. Because from early on, when I studied at Bible College, I enjoyed apologetics a lot. Sure. Especially considering the background I'd come from. Yeah. And I found a lot of the questions... I was asking, you know, people. People would answer them or, or do their best, but it was actually evident that it was wasn't the questions I was asking weren't the area of expertise or interest that a lot of Christians I was around were into. Right. So apologetics, um, and then especially when it started getting into things like. Um, the sovereignty of God, sure, and salvation, yeah, in creation. So it was a very um, Arminian environment. Yep. Yeah. And so when I started seeing things more from a Reformed perspective, uh, like there was one situation. Um, this is not quite on the reforms thing, but there was one situation at Bible College where we had to do uh, a book on uh, an essay on prayer. Okay. What prayer is? Sure. And I found the book in the library and I just sort of, you know, because all this stuff was so new to me. And the person from it said, um, writing the book, is prayer is um, us speaking to God. Prayer is not us expecting like a two-way conversation, like hearing the audible voice of God okay. back. And this was a common practice at Bible college to sort of just sit and wait and hear God's voice right. directly to us sort of thing and I remember showing this book to someone and they were saying oh that book's from Satan and, and things like that but um, but then it sort of started giving, giving me questions like oh okay
0: mm.
1: you know and all of a sudden realizing there's there are different convictions within the Christian community right. about a lot of these things and some of the ways I started going there weren't others around me to sort of help out sure. with that until I sort of got more involved with, um, you know, a church that was more reformed and went down to the Bible conference in Hastings. Right. Cool. Where I was just like, oh, and then. So, you know, and, and now there are people. Mm. Now that I can definitely go to. Um, yeah. Uh, Richard wrote Okay. Is certainly one of them. Yeah. Um, His wife,
0: Bernie, was on a few weeks ago. Right. Yeah, was. Listeners. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah check it out
0: yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) and um, and you know and we had an elder at uh, at my previous church a guy by the name of John Kerr okay he went off to study at London Theological Seminary cool fantastic mind and just the kind of guy I could ask a question and he will just be able to articulate you know I could just bounce stuff off yeah so yeah
0: so there we go there's two people two more people there that's awesome man that's awesome uh, let, let's talk a bit about yeah, your Christian life uh, since some of these things and I want to talk about things that you look back on first of all and you think man I'm really glad it went that way I'm really glad I learned that <laughs> really glad I figured that out do you have any things in particular where you, you know sort of that saying I dodged a bullet there you know particular things that you, you worked out and saved you a lot of pain along the way do you have particular things like that
1: yeah um. Right, dodged a bullet. No, I took plenty of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> I was such a young Christian, figuring things out, you know. Right. Yeah. Amongst others who have been in Christian families their whole lives. Yeah. Um. It's you know it can be a bit of you know you're running the gauntlet. Yeah. Um. In a lot of the
0: situations. Okay. Well, should we do? Yeah. Should we do the other side of the question then? Where things that yeah you, a bullet that hit that maybe. In the midst of the pain of you plucked the bullet out, yeah. and <laughs> change change direction a little bit. Things that you could tell yourself. So if you could have a conversation with freshly converted you, oh, you'd warn, hey, yeah, this is some good advice. Here's some things to think through. Consider this. You're probably yeah. not going to think about this for a while, but just ponder that. Sure. A big one for me
1: is it's not my job to um, do the converting. Do the convincing. Tell me about that. So, um, we have our convictions. It's our job to spread the gospel. Um, but it's the role of the Holy Spirit that brings conversion. Brings about the fruit of that. Right. Uh, whether it be conversion or, or not. You mm. know, uh, condemnation. From right. rejecting the gospel. So, of course, being a, um, a Christian in a non-Christian family, um, there is that sense of responsibility to... And and also with with friends, non Christian friends, sure. that is my job to get them saved. Right. My job to convince them that God exists and He's real. Mm. Um, and then coming, realizing now that no, I can have these strong convictions, but if someone turns around, like I was just having a conversation with um, a good friend not long ago, he used to be a professing Christian, he's not anymore, and mm. he told me he thinks it's it's wishful thinking. Right. Once upon a time, that would have. I would have, as if I was taking it personally. That's not wishful thinking. You Whatever, know, right. you know. All of a sudden, get into this apologetic debate, yeah. and you know. Um, but no, just being able to—he knows what I believe, mm. and just being able to listen to him, mm. and then being—and then if the opportunity presented itself, um, as he knows the what, what the gospel is and things. Right. If the opportunity presented itself, then you know, definitely, I'll discuss it with him, um, and also in situations where I am sharing the gospel. Um, you know for example I get the opportunity with my line of work I have a lot of elderly clients mm. and of course you know in situations where their spouse may be sick, dying or have died mm. and just being able to say look I don't I don't know if you guys are religious at all but I am, um, I'm a Christian and I believe that there is hope for us that this life doesn't provide, I'll be glad to talk about that with you something along those lines mm. And, um, and then even if I am going into those situations and giving a clear gospel and, and saying look there is a need for repentance mm. before a holy God but if they reject it mm. not beating myself up about it Yeah, like I was faithful mm. to the best of my ability sure yeah. there are always things we look back and go oh I would have said that differently yeah, yeah for sure you know I'll be looking back on this conversation we had and I'll be like oh I would have said that differently you know? right but yeah um, But just being faithful to what we're supposed to do, and not bear more responsibility than we ought to have in those situations. So there's that, and there's one other thing that came to mind, oh yeah, and then the simplicity of the gospel. Okay. Telling myself as a young Christian, don't forget the simplicity of the gospel. Okay. Because when I first became a Christian, sharing the gospel almost became um, an apologetic methodology. Okay. God exists because why is there something rather than nothing, right. and you know stuff like this. And you go into this apologetic mm. thing, and the gospel almost becomes irrelevant. Mm. You know, rather than making a beeline for that and saying, "Look, this is the point." Mm. When you stand before God on Judgment Day, what's going to happen? Yeah, you know how Ray Comfort kind of yeah, makes it, a
0: beeline for the gospel mm. in that sense. Um, that's great advice, yeah. man. I think that's so key. I, I think a lot of Christians can feel on the back foot a little bit when, when they try to share their faith. And I think it can be reinforced when you hear, say, the worldview espoused by like the elites or by the media. It's mm. super secular. It rejects the specific claims of the Christian worldview thoroughly and in its details. very naturalistic. It's yeah. very materialistic. Mm. Um, very therapeutic. And then you kind of can subtly get the idea that like ab- actually every kiwi's there and they're not right. like a lot of kiwis are actually very spiritual and mm. um would have like, a third of a christian worldview type thing anyway you know you would plausibly think the bible has some truth in it, it would yeah. think it's definitely plausible that yeah jesus could be god and there could be something to the gospel but you know, sin is pleasant and something enjoyable now, so I'm not really going to pursue that. I feel like a lot of people are just there. And so I've, I've found that too. I, like, I spend a lot of times mulling over, okay, how, how am I going to respond if some guy questions the claims of Christianity? And you sort of get a bit of a flow chart in your head. Yeah. But then it's like, you go in for the conversation, it doesn't even go there. It totally. Um, and, and it's because the Word of God's powerful, you know? If Christianity yeah. is true... And, the, and scripture is God's speech and it's our highest authority. Like, it's going to ring true mm. in the hearts of people. And so just let it be. Yeah. Let it do what it does. Let it be what it is. That's it's super key. Erica. Do you have any particular yeah. moments where you realized, okay, far out. I need, to, I need to slim this down a bit. I need to simplify this. I'm getting too lost in the weeds. There were certainly times. Yeah. You know, yeah. looking back. Yeah.
1: When I was when I was a young Christian. Yeah. Where, you know, just get lost in the weeds. Yeah. And next thing you'd know, you're, you're talking about i don't know it's it's it it, it just derails and the conversation yeah. chases rabbit trails totally. like man i want to be over here and nowhere mm. now i'm trying to prove him something about this
0: you know yeah. or whatever and totally and that's okay so yeah. like it makes sense that people will want to divert off into any area other than the exact thing you kind of yeah. to put your finger on a little bit i love the way that the lord handles that and in john 4 when he's you know talking to the the woman at the well in the middle of the day and she's uh, she's trying to ask about religious controversies and he sort of kind of goes there with her but then flips it back around to actually her need for christ and uh, her need for forgiveness and her standing before a holy god just the way he masterfully navigates that conversation i reckon it's pretty awesome it's pretty awesome to read oh that's cool man that's that's good advice good Good sage advice there. Talk to me about the role of Scripture in your life at the moment. How does Bevan uh, incorporate the Word of God uh, into his his daily life or his weekly life or whatever? Yeah.
1: Now, for me, um, my job, one of the blessings of my job is I can listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm. So um, I listen to the Bible a lot. Mm. Um, so typically, whatever book the church is going through at the time, so at the moment it's Hebrews, mm i would listen to hebrews once a day cool listen through it um and then also um at the moment so spotify is really cool because you can once you work out how the playlist works so what i'll do is i'll go and i'll push play on the book of genesis listen to a couple of chapters of that and then add hebrews to the playlist so i'll do the book of hebrews and then when that finishes, it'll continue where it left off with Genesis. Mm. So i listen to a couple more chapters. And then I'll load the recent sermon mm. uh, from church and listen to that. And then a couple more chapters of Genesis will come on. And then I'll start going back through my podcast, the, the, the various podcasts I listen to. Mm. Um, which range, you know, predominantly uh, Christian podcasts, history, and Formula One. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, And, um... And so I would, I'd I'd listen to those. So I predominantly uh, listen to it. So then when I come to read it, it for me it works really well because it's like um, if you listen to your favourite song, and you hear the lyrics, and then you sit down and you can and you look up the lyrics and you're reading the lyrics, and your level of being able to take in the lyrics is heightened because you already know them. You're your brain is already playing it in your mind as you read it mm. the lyrics or the phrasing or whatever and so when i pick up you know for example the book of hebrews now i'm reading it and my brain is also mm. playing it at the yep. same time so the level of being able to take it in is just is heightened and um, cool. so yeah so i predominantly listen to it and then i'll, I'll um you know like on a Sunday afternoon, sunny Sunday afternoon. That's when I'd open it and start writing down the notes or anything like that that cool. I thought along with the commentary and stuff like that.
0: That's awesome, man. Mm. Charles Spurgeon in the eighteen hundreds, when he was uh, incorporating people into the membership of the church, would ask them, "What would you love to accomplish for the Lord?" So I pose, mm. I, I pose that to you. What would, what would Bevan love to accomplish for the Lord uh, with his remaining years?
1: um remaining years um super deep (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. um so i would like just this being having a steadfast faith being solid in the faith Mm. um again coming from the background i was from it would be a case of you know what what's the vision the god vision you're going to cast over your life and so the thought behind that would be you're going to do something miraculous for God and you're going to change the world and things right. like that. I'm far more content with the thought of being a godly person in whatever it is I'm doing. Mm. So bloom where I'm planted. And Greg or um, yeah, apologist, says that. Bloom where you're planted. And that really resonates with me. So as a father, as a husband, mm. um, whatever it is I'm helping out with in church, be it music or... Or what have you Um, in my employment so opportunities I get to Mm. share about my faith with clients Uh, and then just being steadfast and all of that so that'll that'll be the key word there what I'd like to accomplish for the Lord is being steadfast steadfast and blooming um, where I'm planted that just means being um, a a faithful Christian Mm. I don't have to be uh, you know, I'm perfectly happy, you know, when my time comes, if Christ hasn't returned, of being sort of another brick in the wall mm. in that sense. I, I don't want to necessarily be someone who stood out or had any fame or anything like that. Sure. Just that steadfastness and playing my part, mm. with my hand to the plough.
0: Beautiful. Man. It yeah. It's amazing. Let's do some rapid fire. I say this always uh, because. Some people feel the pressure to only give very short answers. If you feel the need to unpack any of these answers, go for your life. You're not gonna be derailing sure. anything. <laughs> You're on a deserted island and you can only have five books of the Bible with you, which ones are you which ones are you taking? Hebrews. Because
1: <laughs> Hebrews is such a fan so we're talking before about keeping the gospel simple, yeah. you know, the clarity of the gospel. And often in the modern culture, the gospel, you know, like I've said, we, we need um, salvation before a holy God, whereas mm. we deserve damnation because of who we are. And that's true. Hebrews puts that whole thing into the context of God's plan, mm. how this is worked out up into the point we're at now. Mm. And it puts, uh, you know, um, the history of us out working through who the nation of Israel, Mm. and how that led up to Christ, and how Christ is the perfect sacrifice, and how he works out as our priest. Mm. These are things that are almost irrelevant in a secular culture. Well, they are. But it's it's amazing Mm. to know, because sometimes when sharing the gospel with someone who's secular, Mm. showing them a totally different worldview can sometimes just show how irrelevant secularism Mm. is. But this is the problem. Back in the day, priest would offer a sacrifice but that wasn't good enough to completely wipe away sins mm. and all of a sudden you're not even dealing with the secular issue it's irrelevant mm. and i love how and it shows how it's relevant. Mm. Uh, and i just love how hebrews does that totally. sums it all up for us totally. so your hebrews awesome man. and then um romans cool to go with that
0: what do you like about romans
1: romans does a similar thing to hebrews
0: mm-hmm.
1: but then um from a from a different slant mm. again especially when you come to romans chapter 8 which i think more or less summarizes the whole of scripture Greatest chapter in the bible yeah though. yeah that's just you know uh there's so many things um you know when listening to to sermons mm. and the preacher be going on a and it'll be like oh yeah that's what paul talks about in romans 8 and then, you know, they'll yeah. be talking about something else. Oh, yeah, Paul talks about that in Romans 8, too. Totally. He just summarizes totally. the whole thing so well in that.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, Romans.
0: Okay, so Hebrews and Romans.
1: Yeah. Um, so they're the top two. Yeah. Um, probably for the sake of at the moment, I'm, you know, I've been studying a lot in Revelation. Cool. So definitely Revelation, mm. if I can take a few commentaries with it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll take those a Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, so those three, um, probably, uh, Genesis. Okay. Uh, just because it's, you know, it's such a foundational book, book yep. of beginnings. Totally. And what if I've got one more, one more, it would be,
0: oh, Psalms. Beautiful. Musa. Yeah. yeah. Gotta in there. Yeah. Love it. Uh, are you, are you one of those life verse people? You have a life verse?
1: Oh, I have a life chapter. Which will be Romans 8. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. beautiful. Actually, uh, Romans 8 and... <laughs> yeah. Take some liberties. Yeah, there. go for your life. The, uh, the beginning of Revelation where John first sees... Oh, the vision of Christ. The vision of yeah, Christ. Yeah, that's very cool. The And the, the passage about his voice being like rushing waters or maybe mm. waterfalls. Oh, man, It's an amazing passage. Yeah, it chills down cool. the spine. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Sort of, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Revelation is the business. It's mm. so great. Um, and I, I am gutted that a lot of people fear it because of, well, you know, perhaps they've heard of the controversies around it, but also, um, it, it is tricky, but just immersing yourself in it yeah. and just reading it through once or even, you know, just sitting there and let someone else read it to you and just sort of immerse yourself in the story and just go, okay, well, I'm just going to pause making any judgment about yeah. totally what he's getting and just immerse myself in what he's saying. Like it's a pretty profound God exalting experience. It
1: was, sure. I, I think, um, if my memory serves me correctly, like in church history, there was a lot of, um, you know, wasn't as easily accepted as part of the canon hmm. to begin with, as well, um, amongst Christians. Because it is, you know, there's some, on the face of it, some crazy stuff, you know, just the way it's explained and everything. But sure. uh, no, it's, it is an amazing book that belongs to the canon, of course.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Best thing about <laughs> uh, being a Christian.
1: Um, hope of eternal life totally Um, you know no matter um, hope of eternal life and I'll tie that in with the sovereignty of God as well Mm. so you know the numerous points within scripture um, uh, where Joseph said to his brothers what you meant for evil Mm. God meant for good for the saving of many lives and we can see and I've seen it numerous times through the church that even though we live in a fallen world where sickness and death still plague us God still uses it for his good purposes and the hope that that brings we're never in a position where we're, um, where we're in, a, in a hopeless dismay mm. where um, you know, we're at the bottom and there's no way out we can trust that God and his sovereignty is still going to uh, work things out so yeah that's the best thing about being a Christian
0: Book of the Bible you would like to understand better?
1: Mm. At the moment, and I will get to it, it's probably Ezekiel. Mm. Um, with, I think, understanding that better will also
0: help my study of Revelation. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Getting nutting out those wheels within wheels. Totally. <laughs> awesome. Uh, favorite Christian song?
1: <sighs> okay, you're asking a your muso.
0: Yeah, man.
1: I'm expecting good things let here. me qualify this yeah <laughs> so um my I love Yesu Joy of Man's Desiring
0: with <laughs> Johann Sebastian Bach
1: um you, you know you would know, like, not I feel like I do
0: it. I feel like I do like that title I know yeah but when I'm you'll trying, look it, it up and you'll be like oh of course I it. know it's, yeah. it's a it's a classic classical song okay
1: um but so that's my favourite you know old time one See, I, ha- I hate to choose just one. My favourite hymn would be um, "Mighty Fortress." I cool. God, love
0: that hymn, man! Oh, so strong. Yeah, that final verse. Oh, oh, it's good. Yes,
1: especially when you get some. You know, you get that strong male voice bellowing it out. Totally. I love it. Totally. Uh, but it is ha- a very
0: masculine yeah, Christian yeah, it's song. Yeah, totally is. masculine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, but my favourite all time would be the Easter song by Keith Green.
0: Have you okay. heard it? I don't, that's the one I definitely have never even sung at all. Chills. Okay. When I
1: first heard it, instantly fell in love with it, and it's oh
0: okay. the Easter song, Keith Green, all right, mm. I'll I'll check that. I need to make a playlist of all every song that's been mentioned on this podcast yeah. just so I can, you know, immerse myself in it a bit. Favorite Christian authors or thinkers that have been influential? You mentioned the podcast you listen to, but I'm sure yep. over over the years, you've you've dabbled with some people that have been influential. Who, yeah, who are some of the people you've enjoyed, and, and what do you draw about them?
1: Um, so James White will probably be at the top. Um, Love James White. Yeah, just with um, I listened a lot to his podcast and I've read his books as well. Yeah, and just the way he um, is able to articulate and explain the issues without leaving anything out, because he comes to the issues. From a presuppositional perspective, mm. so there's no loose ends mm. in that sense when he's explaining something because you understand um, the you know the presupposition of what of how it's being explained.
0: Yeah.
1: Similar to you know how I was talking before about you know explaining Hebrews to a secular person. Yeah. And it completely wipes the secular issue out. It shows how irrelevant it is. Sure. So that's what I like about his authorship, as yeah. it shows it from a presuppositional perspective. Mm. You know, using scripture as the foundation.
0: What What James White book in particular would you recommend?
1: One I've referred back to a lot is Scripture Alone that he's written. So for me, a big challenge of being a Christian is, look, scripture is our final authority, so why do we trust scripture? Yeah. And And that's been a helpful book with that. Um yeah he's got other excellent books as good. well like The Potter's Freedom it's great a good one
0: love The Potter's Freedom yep yeah. um, very important book
1: he's got a good one on dealing with grief as well yeah. apparently it's his biggest selling book yeah that's a, that's a great one totally King James Only Controversy great books goes yeah. well with um, scripture alone yep yeah. um, then other authors of course John MacArthur okay helped a lot um, particularly when I was coming out of the full blown Pentecostal staff sure That's when the the Strange Fire conference was happening. Ten years ago, some Strange Fire. Can you believe that? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 2013. Yeah, yeah. And then, I haven't read any of his books, but his articles are excellent. And I mentioned him before, Greg Kokel of St. Teresa Ministries. Fantastic thinker. An excellent writer. Um, And he wrote something, you know, when I was struggling with a lot of the, the Pentecostal stuff. He wrote something called, Does God Whisper? Okay. and in three parts and I've, I've recommended it to so many people the great thing about this is he's not a cessationist right. he's a continuationist um, but he goes to scripture and deals with the issue is it part of the normal Christian experience that we need to hear directly from God outside of his word sure. and he goes to the verses people often use and boy that was so freeing mm. just reading that and the weight that came off my shoulders, I'm realizing, look, it's not my job as a Christian to kind of tune into God as if you was some um, hard-to-find AM radio frequency. Right. Like, I'm really trying, God. Mm. I'm really trying to hear you. Mm. And God's sort of like, you know, if you just try a little bit harder, maybe you'll hear me. You
0: know? Yeah. You know? For
1: God's
0: sure. God's word. Yeah, it's a, it's a massive <laughs> issue, man. And, and that's, yeah. that's one for me as a continuationist. So I'm still trying to nut out exactly where to put some of this stuff because i mean for sure like i think that's where i land uh, you know I, I don't i don't get the impression that god is in scripture presented as trying to speak to people and people are just missing i think the, the one text i can think of is that one in first samuel where the boy samuel isn't aware that it's the lord talking to him and he thinks it's eli but even that's I feel like a different issue because it's an audible voice and he's just not sure who to attribute it to. This is a, something else altogether. And yeah, yeah. for me, like I, I'm strong continuation just don't think I've ever heard yeah. the voice of God and right. that that's fine. Um, I've got, you know, people I read that I enjoy who will make a different case and I'm, I'm a little bit sceptical but at the same time I'm also thinking through, like, is part of me... Not having experienced any of this kind of thing because I have a too restrictive theology on it. so that's sort of where yeah. I'm at and I'm like kind of hit a wall, <laughs> I need to pick it up again and, and think it through more. But as yeah. of, at the moment, like what you're saying that that's where I am at with it. Um, it's a tricky one, man.
1: Yeah, well one thing um, one thing that stood out for me is Greg Coke when he asked mm. the question, what is the what is the primary skill? I can't remember if you worded it that way, but what is mm. the primary skill that every Christian needs? And you know, he sort of threw it open. And and I've asked other people this, and of course- It's a great question. It's rightly dividing the word of truth.
0: Yeah. That's
1: what we're called to do. So when people come to me and say, I heard the voice of God here, there, or anything, Mm. I'd say, okay, look, I don't even have to refute it because it's not my job. I'm not going to exegete, you know, John Brown's experience, because I'm called to exegete scripture. And it's scripture that is profitable. Yeah. for teaching me, for a proof, for correction, training, in righteousness. If if this person has a word from God, okay, whatever. Um, but that's yeah. not my responsibility to worry worry about that. Mm. So, yeah.
0: Totally, man. Totally. Uh, a tip for Bible reading to someone who's just starting out?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. A tip for Bible reading. You don't have to start at the beginning and okay. go right through. Because, you know, you're going to hit Leviticus... And some of those genealogies and go, what? You know, you might as well start a revelation sort of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be my tip. Cool. I'd say well, it would be a good book to start with. Romans is good. Mm. Ephesians. Mm. Yeah. Cool, man. Keep it simple. Start with. Just keep it simple. You don't have to be a Bible scholar in 10 weeks or whatever. Mm. Yeah.
0: It's cool, a good question,
1: though. I'll think about that a bit more.
0: Awesome, man. Well, we'll get you on for another episode if you want to update your answer. (laughs) Favorite Christian artist? Musically, I mean. If you've got some painters, go for your life, but I'm I'm in music. Okay.
1: So there's a guy called Neil Morse. Okay. And he comes from the 90s progressive rock scene. Okay. And his wife was a Christian. He wasn't. He'd be out touring with the band, getting, you know doing all the things bands do on the road. And his daughter was born with a hole in her heart. Uh, and they prayed and she was healed of the hole, uh, miraculously. Um, and that led to his conversion. He dropped out of the music scene, but then he came back. But he said, if I'm going to do it, I want to proclaim the goodness of God, the gospel of Jesus. And so he came back and he writes fantastic quality progressive rock music um, but with solid lyrics and so he writes concept albums he's my favorite of his is called um, Sola oh, Solar Scriptura and it was about it's about the conversion life and times of Martin Luther cool and it's only five songs but you know, one of the songs is like twenty five minutes, sort of thing, and um, you know, and it goes through. Cool. And he's got these musical themes, like you know, when the you know, when the uh, when the Roman Catholic Church were coming coming hard down on him, and so they've got their own sort of theme going, and so you can tell what's happening within the music. It's it's real prog rock, sort of that marriage between theatre and and rock music. Mm. Um, and then he gets other artists to play on his albums that aren't necessarily Christians, but he uses it as an outreach as well. So he's had, like, on this album, he gets Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater. Oh, yeah? And um, Paul Gilbert, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's from the band Mr. Big, okay. and he does solo stuff as well. Um, Shredder, Shredder guitarist, and, and gets them on. And, yeah, so he's probably my favorite. Cool. Uh, but, you know, then there are others, of course, like Keith Green. Um... Delirious had a big impact on my life, so because they're the first band I really listened to. Becoming a Christian, so.
0: Mm, yeah. Favorite thing about your church?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Um. Favorite thing about my church would be the preaching there you go there's a pat on your back
0: for that i'll take it
1: but uh no definitely i i just love the way that um you know you you preach from the overflow of your study and it stays focused on what scripture is teaching you know at at that certain passage and i find it incredibly edifying so hmm
0: Oh look at that man I've got one fuzzies now That's great What a good way to finish the episode This has been another episode of Fill Me In uh, Drop us a comment if you're listening Maybe give us a 5 star rating on Spotify If you so desire Redeemer is a Bible teaching church In the centre of Tauranga Our services are at 10.30am on a Sunday Our website is www.redeemerchurch.org.nz Bevan, it's been so good to have you with us today man Thank you, it's been a pleasure Grace and peace to you Is less than a cool fresh
1: spring And to one lost sheep A shepherd boy Is greater than the richest king